Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football, on the pitch, off the pitch. So why don't we start with the game we just watched? Arsenal finally beat City for the first time since 2015, and City lose two matches in a row in the Premier League for the first time since Poor you. 2018. <laughs> Poor you. Uh, us, other people, the commoners are used to losing, right? So maybe, maybe you should just feel what we feel on a daily basis, on a weekly basis at least. Yeah, it is true. But the, the problem is, is that... They suck, man. They really suck. But both teams did not play that well. I agree. I agree. And if anything, was, was, uh, if anything, it seemed like at certain point Arsenal was trying to score in the second half a bit more. They were better. And yeah. and and City wanted to defend that nil nil. Yeah, I agree. So basically, Trossard was shit. So nothing was getting done on his side in the first half, and that's why I think he got sub. Gabriel Jesus is really bad, in my opinion. I mean, he got a seven rating on this uh, on Fort Mob, but I really think is he wasn't good. Actually, and throughout I, the whole game, Nketiah is worse though. Yeah, Nketiah is like without Saka and a well, uh, yeah, and a well formed or like what is it, a well rested uh, Martinelli. They they're not as good. Odegaard, he was good, but not that good. Like it's not the same Arsenal that we saw last year. So, to me, this game was a like. Like Scrappy was, again. Yeah, it was like complete. Like it's like like Sevilla's game like yesterday. It was horrible quality from the supposed uh, top teams in the Premier League. It was so bad, so bad, so many bad passes. And and City, they keep the ball for too long. Right, that's the uh, to me that was obvious. And then they lose it. I don't know. All of them. Rico Lewis. Oh, he wants to dribble, 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 and then he loses the ball. But the problem is, is that both teams play in similar ways in the fact that they try to dominate possession, they press high, but then they're afraid to leave gaps. So it was... No, it's not true because they're like faster Arsenal. Arsenal is a Yes, Arsenal's faster, faster but the, the problem is different from... Contrary to how City usually is in their form they looked really frantic today yeah, they looked because horrible. the yeah. the composure wasn't there right mm-hmm. normally when they try mm-hmm. to dominate they, possession it's a good point. they're very composed there is no composure and you it, can see that in the pressure the pressure that arsenal should uh, that I, I have to call arsenal they were so good at that their Press, pressing was good pressing was yeah. amazing right and because of that pressing you could see that city it's like they weren't comfortable passing to each other in the next to the goalie which is kind of it's fine i mean you're you're a better team than this you can handle pressure but i don't feel like they did and and it's very surprising right because arsenal didn't like completely dominate possession maybe more in the second half but just regardless city only had four shots in this entire game which is way lower than most games they would ever play and xg was low across the board by the yeah, way it was it was it was, board, it was yeah. less Both. than i think city had a slightly higher xg 0.6 or something mm-hmm. and that was i mean they didn't none of them even went beyond one right yeah, so yeah. it was scrappy in the sense that arsenal was able to scrap together that goal and obviously ake unfortunately suffered i i assume it's going to be changed corrected it to has to goal. be it has to be um it was just unlucky but to be fair uh, Arsenal's defense was way better. I think you can see it in the ratings, and I also saw it in the game. Like uh, City's defense, just like you, you, they didn't look sure of themselves. They didn't look confident. I don't know what was happening. Guardiola was just running left and right. Kovacic should have been subbed off ages ago. Foden, they like always suck between players. Like they don't have any space, and it was very good from uh, Arsenal. I think Arsenal came into the game comfortable to tie, right? So. They weren't. They were Actually, okay. I disagree. 
I mean, it looked they really like they wanna, were. No, they really want to beat City. But throughout the, the the games, they were they were very comfortable with but, it. But I think the, it, no, but the problem towards is, the end, but, they but were the like, problem oh. is because they know how City can attack and how they can be offensively. So they don't want. They were a little bit more conservative in their attack because they're afraid of leaving too many gaps if they go way too offensive mm-hmm, constantly, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I think they held back a little. I don't think they were comfortable, you know, with a tie. You can see how much this means to Arteta and the Arsenal fans to win against City. This yeah, this is yeah. to prove himself against Pep, right? He has never won him. And this means a lot to him, if anything. And City just wasn't on the... And yeah, I mean, everyone's saying, oh, City's just dysfunctional and terrible without Rodri. And I, I think it's, it is that, but I don't think it's, it's just that. that. It's, it's more, more than that. It's that, really yeah. more than that. Yeah. There's something that's not clicking in this team. And mentally, I think they're not there, which... Back to what I said before about them just winning the treble and that actually affecting their performance in the next year. Do you see what I'm saying? I think it has an effect of you because you're emotionally exhausted and drained from pressing that much to win all those three um, cups last year. That e- As much as you want to do it, it again this year. Madrid. Madrid are always on. But they're on used them. to that. They've had a whole history of this, right? But they do falter a bit. No, no, when, I, I agree. When was this the, is, la- no, when was the is, last time Madrid won the treble, though? Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, even when Madrid won the Champions League, they no, lost the a lot treble. of games. We don't even have to go that far. But even when they won the Champions League, they lost a lot of games in La Liga. So it's just that City, City set the standards so high that we're just expecting to win every single game. I think it's fine. I think it's just a rough patch. They didn't look great today. Arsenal did not. Arsenal looked slightly better. I think so they were slightly overall, better. They controlled the game a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, they, they, the pressing, like even the tight spaces, like I don't think City could have done much. Like they, Arteta, I, I don't want to, to be fair, Arteta did a better job than, than Pep. Oh, I agree. I agree. And some of the choices, like I actually was a bit skeptical when I saw that he put Jorginho in midfield. Mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. You know, with Odegaard and Rice, where everyone was like, "Why? Why isn't Rice, Rice playing in the middle, or with Partey in there, or something?" It seemed a bit strange. And the fact that Pep put Bernardo Silva in the middle of the park, like he played in a midfield in the middle, when I think Bernardo Silva, his expertise and his skills come out more when he plays on the wing because he's very creative. He's not that fast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's not someone who can, you know, really glue uh, the team together more of a number a number six or a number eight, he excels on the wing, I think. And I and mm-hmm. Bernardo playing in central midfield, I don't think it played, it, it didn't work that well. And Rico Lewis, I believe that Pep wants him to play a little bit of the role of what Kevin De Bruyne used to do. Uh, but it just, I don't think he made a huge difference. I've, I think right now people are really hyping him up, which to be fair, it's fine. Every, every fan hypes up their own players. That's okay. But Pep his, hypes him up. Oh, for sure. His he let go a lot of his academy players, like for example Cole Palmer, right? But Rico Lewis, he wanted him to sign a new contract, sign a contract as you know, as a senior player. Uh, his decision making, you remember when he should have passed to Alvarez oh, when horrible. he was fouled mm. on? Yeah, that was like De Bruyne would have passed. Not just him. A lot of their decision making, they're much slower. They keep the ball for too long. You need to be faster. Pass, 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 pass. Well, isn't he like get the ball, pass the ball, get the ball? That wasn't. They're, cha- Alva- they're changing. He's changing I, his I, tactics. I know a you bit. didn't agree with me with Alvarez, but he wasn't great when he when he was subbed. I don't think he was that good this this game. Why uh, would I disagree with you? No, you, you disagreed with uh, Pep uh, when he subbed oh, out Alvarez. Right. You said, "Oh, uh, maybe I would have kept him." But I yeah, I mean, it, it, fine, it's fine. I just don't think that. Um, to be fair, 
none of the city players had a particularly good game yeah. i do i mean alvarez at least he presses a lot so he gave raya a lot of pressure i think i, I like guardiola like defensively guardiola was very good at- but that's that's the problem right because guardiola is a somewhat of a fullback so pep's been playing him as left back but he hasn't really been experimenting with him as center back which he could potentially do i just think i don't know maybe they're all very tired from last year that's what i think both arsenal and city it's been a, it's, it was a crazy year last year, so the level is not... And I've said this multiple times this year. The level is not, not amazing. Anyways. Uh, so you, th- you, you, you do think that it, Arsenal and City are the only teams that dropped in level in the Premier League? I don't think... I, don't, I, I think a lot of teams have no, dropped No, I think level. a lot of teams, but they dropped more. Brighton right? dropped, Liverpool yeah, dropped. Newcastle is not bad. Like They've had a few bad games at the beginning, but lately they've been great. West Ham is better than last year. Like, I, to me, especially Arsenal and City, because last year they were on fire. This year they're not as good. And I, I get that, right? They've been playing so many games. I, yeah. I don't like uh, injuries, so many games and all of that stuff. I mean, I would be tired. So so what do you think? Is this going to be an Ar- Arsenal-Tottingham uh, title race now? West Ham could win the... Uh, Aston Villa could win it. Honestly, I like it this way. I told you I wanted this game to end up in a tie because... But it, it didn't. Yeah, I know, sadly. But still, it leaves everything open. But a we're lot still, of games... We're still 30 games... We have still yeah, 30 games saying. left. Every so game, mean- so many games are going to matter. If you just look at the, the, the table... So many games are going to matter. West Ham 7th, Newcastle 8th. All of these top 8 teams are contenders. And you never know what Marinette will do. I mean, we'll talk about that too. But uh, I don't think Chelsea... Imagine Chelsea becoming... A <laughs> no, I don't think so. Bye-bye. It, 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 Chelsea. It's Chelsea and Spurs, basically. It's their year. They're going to duke it out. The no way. I would rather have Marinette win the Premier League than Chelsea. Fuck Chelsea, man. If I had to pick between Chelsea and United, yeah, I'd pick United. And but if you're I, a Manchester City fan. But yeah, but if, I, if, if Spurs is in there, then I would pick Spurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Spurs deserve it. They haven't had a good year in a while. <laughs> but, but Kane leaves in the first year they, they challenge. I don't feel bad for Kane. He's, he's probably going to win something with uh, Bayern. Anyway, uh, you seem... Are, do you think you're, are you worried about City? Do you think they're going to keep losing? They're going to continue this no, losing No, I just streak? think it's going to be a, a harder year for them. If they were to challenge for the title, yeah, right? Yeah, it's going to be a tougher year for sure. It's okay. I mean, I think it's like you said, we're a bit used to, I'm a, especially me, I'm just used to having them win most of their games. And if they lose, it's not back to back, right? Yeah, Usually, it's, just, it's just momentum. Once new, Tottenham has momentum, so momentum works in your favor. So, oh, better mentality, better kind of more positive. So you have more energy to score. You have more, all of this stuff. So I think it's, Tottenham is going to be a fierce contender. You know what? Whatever. Screw the league. Let's just win Champions League again. (laughs) Sure. Because it's so easy to win Champions League. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Bellingham is not going to let you win. West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, I mean, I think West Ham had the fantastic first half. They dominated Newcastle in the midfield. They were really good. And they were more dangerous than Newcastle, even though Newcastle had a much higher possession. Uh, But the issue is, as I told you, you can't just park the bus and expect uh, that the other team is not going to do anything. You you at least need to have counterattacks, and they didn't have enough. Um, And you will concede goals at some point, and I think that's what happened in the second half. Um, First goal was apparently not offside, as you said, because Alvarez cleared it. And so he. I just didn't to, see that. At no, no, first. he definitely cleared it. So no, but at first when when uh, the play happened, I just didn't see it. 
Yeah. And I thought they were like crazy to have said that that was an offside, uh, not an offside goal. But yeah, so West Ham scored first. We forgot to say that. Then uh, in the second half, Newcastle uh, tied with a goal from Isaac and basically uh, uh, Alvarez cleared it and then Isaac hit it. Third goal, which is, I've talked about it, is really weird to me. It's a clear push, obvious push. Isaac pushed Agard, but I guess it didn't matter and the goal was not uh, disallowed. I, I don't get that. To me, it's so obvious. I feel like VAR are really fucking up. And I bring this up because I listened to that audio that... Uh, PMGOL. PMGOL, uh, where they didn't, they cancelled or they disallowed that uh, Liverpool the goal. goal. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous because they don't like assert themselves. Right, I think that's a problem. Like VAR, it wasn't even clear that they they should have told the 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 ref stop the game. This is actually a goal, and you disallowed it. I don't understand what what happened. And I, in this case as well, if you clearly can see the push, why don't you stop the game? We we don't care. Like nobody cares that we stop the game if we take the right decision. So I don't understand what's happening with the the VAR refs. Perhaps. There is something wrong with the relationship and the coordination between the raw refs and the, yeah, the ref from on the, the f- audio. You can see that there's no coordination and they're not listening to. I don't know. Maybe they should have like some safe word or something. Hey, you gotta stop the game right now. Or perhaps like the raw refs are just they have less of a say. Right? Like whatever they say is not as important as what no, is judged no, on the field. So. Right? I don't think so because they really they're uh, like more of the support I, team. Do you see what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, but like they can't be the support team because. A lot of these actions, the main ref doesn't see them. Right, exactly. Because the, at this point, especially with how good technology is now, you can't trust the human eye over tech, yeah, over yeah. a computer, over yeah. a robot, right? Like there, there's no way that you can say, well, because me as the main ref, I didn't see it with my eyes. I, I, I'm like more important because exactly. I was on the pitch, right? That, that doesn't that, make any sense. Then the, why, why have ref? To, uh, why have VAR to begin with, right? Right. We shouldn't have VAR. Then. Exactly. If it, anything, VAR should be the number one quote-unquote referee as in it should be most important and the one on the pitch is just to be able to handle the players give yellow cards when you need it something some of a formality when you're there right but when it comes to these kinds of decisions when you involve like whether to determine whether something's offside or not i'm sorry they should be able to overturn any decision Mm -hmm, that they mm -hmm. make on the pitch right Mm -hmm. and And you need to listen they did just i don't know if the main ref was not listening it's just it's just a weird situation. But when I look at this, uh, the second Newcastle goal, it's clear that he's like uh, Isaac is using his hand to push Agard. No matter if you tell me, oh, the push was not strong enough, and oh, Agard is really skinny. It doesn't matter. You can't do that. I I don't know. I didn't read the handbook. To, to, to be fair, they're both skinny. But they, they're both skinny, exactly. So you just can't do that. And then you go to Kovacic and all the shit show uh, refereeing as well in the um, City game versus Arsenal. I don't get that, right? The first, I understand. Okay, the first tackle, I think it's only yellow card and they went back to the VAR, in my opinion, after looking at it multiple times. The second tackle, though, should have also been a yellow card. Yeah. So he should have been kicked out. It's very lucky that he wasn't. I, I don't understand. Like, it. it's so obvious, right? Like, why is technology, like, the, the whole goal of using technology is for us to have more of programmatic, uh, like, zero one decisions because there is not a lot of uh, subjectivity there shouldn't be in in a game like this right it should be fair and that's why we have technology so i don't get why we're prioritizing but you see the second tackle that could should have gotten him a second yellow card var and technology was not involved in that that was a decision on behalf of 
the then ref. they should overturn his decision. I don't know. I just but feel VAR like is not in charge of that. VAR can't do that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not clear what VAR is supposed to do. Right? What are their responsibilities? Yeah. Who has the last call? Who has the last say? I and don't I, know. And I do think that if you want to make things a little bit more fair, the assistant referees or the VAR refs or and all that, they should be able to overturn or be a checks and check and balance on the mm-hmm, on the on mm-hmm. the first ref, right? Mm-hmm. Because Otherwise, you're just looking at one person being king and making all decisions, mm-hmm. and you are flawed at the end of the day. You can't, and a lot of times, referees don't want to admit that they missed something or they yeah. didn't see something properly, right? So they just jump in. And also, at the same time, you also get affected by, and people have said, talked about this, you get affected by the people in the stadium, the fans yelling at you, because that's why there's home advantage too. Yeah, because you get, you, you, you get affected, people go yeah, crazy. That I was agree. a foul. That was a foul. Why aren't you doing anything about it, right? Like, you get affected. So it is, it is hard for one person to make final decisions. No. I agree. That's why I think we should have VAR, but we should moderate it and use it properly. I just feel like this year it's been. We should just. We should definitely not get rid of VAR, though. Yeah, this this year has been a shit show from the first uh, time when they 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 apologized. They already apologized twice. This referee and organization. Uh, They apologized for the Wolves against Man United game and now for Liverpool. The the issue is all of these teams recently are so close, like national teams and actual like. Teams, the level is really not that far anymore, right? Because there's more money, there's more investors trying to uh, use their money as a, like trying to find alternative ways to invest. So they're all going around and buying some random team because they want it to be the next Manchester City. So all the levels are going to be super close. So we kind of need good refereeing decisions or this is just going to be a fucked up game. Uh, the other things that I wanted to mention about West Ham versus not, uh, Newcastle, Kudos should have come in way earlier, not in the 76th minute. I don't understand why he doesn't play uh, from the beginning, uh, Paqueta is really talented, but he loses the ball a lot in the midfield. So, so much. All the time he's losing the ball. He tries to make it too much of the, you know, the Brazilian way. I'm I'm so good. I'm just going to, like, be more skillful about it. And it could be dangerous at times. I kind of blame Moise, as I said, for the second half. He didn't know how to handle it correctly because they should have won this game. Uh, they Their fans, they don't seem to realize that their ability to tie 2-2 with Newcastle is really a big deal. Because Newcastle is a massively strong offensive team. They scored 2.5 goals per match. Only second to Brighton in the Premier League so far. Uh, Premier, Brighton is 2.6. And they have the highest expected goals. 17.4. Highest big chances created. Scored 15 goals in the last four games. So it's it's a really strong team. And they just... They only scored two two against um, only scored two goals. I'm sorry against uh, West Ham. West Ham also is very strong defensively this year. They have the highest interceptions per match, second highest number of clearances, and third um, uh, successful tackles in the Premier League. So their fans need to fucking calm down because they're still seventh or yeah seventh. West Ham and Newcastle is eight. Uh, West Ham ahead of Newcastle. And so far, I think they're having a, a and United and Chelsea and United and Chelsea. Well, those don't count anymore because nobody cares about them. But I, I do think that Newcastle is not bad this year. Well, they were not bad last year. Yeah, this year I think they will continue. I, I just I think it was gonna be a tough game for them regardless. Yeah. I mean, even before the game, you were worried about Agurd because you were so afraid that with their high press coming from Newcastle and how offensive they are, he, he was gonna really struggle, right? Yeah, because defensively. Because I think, look at what we're watching every single game, Francesca. It, it's all about mistakes, right? A lot of goals that 
we that 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 teams conceded. I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, Liverpool today. Liverpool Ar- versus I mean, Brighton. Arsenal City today. Yeah, li- exactly. Liverpool versus Brighton. It's 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 a mistake, right? Like I don't even blame the. I blame uh, Allison a little bit, but it's just McAllister's fault. And then oh, people are saying oh, Allison, he's becoming like oh no no no, he was really out. So it's just like. My point is that now every single team is going to try to cap- capitalize on mistakes. All defenders now make mistakes. You cannot afford to make a single mistake if you want to be a top team. Well, that's probably why they all hate on Agard. Yeah, exactly. But then again, the f- their fan base is a bit weird because last year they chose Carrer and this year they chose that. They always have scapegoats, which I think is mm. a fucked up mentality to have. I don't think Ruben Diaz should be blaming this game or Ake or whatever it is. Like everyone like as a collective the manchester city wasn't great today and that's it yeah i agree but even in even in this game i didn't do anything so blatant to me that was worth yeah, chastising him over. however however maybe this is a this is a good segue to move to man united versus brentford i do think we should blame onana at this point he made way too many mistakes that is to me is unreasonable so man united actually wins uh, Brentford 2-1 yesterday uh, or Saturday. Onana cost them the game again and I really don't like to single out players but when you can see an easy goal like that and more like consistently it just fucks up with your mental drive. Like why would like as a player as Rashford okay then it happens again. Fuck. Then I have to come back now and why why did Onana do that? Like you just start to doubt yourself to doubt your teammates obviously right? So I, I don't know what you think. We should he should be benched. The Result of this game of United coming back and Scott Metomenay scoring those two goals after the 90th minute. By the way, this is the first time Man United has ever done this in Premier League history. No. They have never gone, de- they were never trailing af- going into the 90 minute and then winning. They have. This is the first time they've ever done this. Scott McTominay, where, who does this kind of stuff for Scotland, but never really for United, manages to score those two goals. They really scrape together last minute win that really covers a lot of the problems that they have because they just play really poorly in general. And Brentford's goal that you just alluded to, the Jensen goal, is the epitome of all the problems mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. United have, right? Mm-hmm. Casemiro gives the ball away. Yeah, There's Casemiro, no bridge. Yeah. He, and then allows Brentford to run into the box. And then Lindelof, he tries to clear it. And horrible then clearance. Horrible yeah. clearance back. And then when it when the ball gets to Jensen, Onana doesn't get it, right? I, I, I think the biggest part... The biggest part of the blame is on Onana. No, I agree. Because the clearance, it happens. I agree. And the also, Casemiro mistake, it happens. And also Lindelof is, was playing out of position as well. He mm-hmm. doesn't usually play his left back, right? Because he wanted to put... He played Amrabat in midfield, so he had to deal with who was going to play left back, and ultimately it was Lindelof. So, and also a lot of people like Bruno Fernandes shouldn't be playing on the wing. Ten Hag mm-hmm, keeps mm-hmm, putting him on the mm-hmm. wing, and clearly he's better in the middle. Uh, so just a lot of the stuff playing, and you just felt like... The d- defense was all over the place. Maguire actually didn't have a horrible game compared to some of the yeah, others. Yeah. They were just, and offensively, even worse, I would say. I think because that's the they I, just I throw agree. shit at the wall that's and the see what sticks. It's not even, look, of, conceding is fine, but you need to score. That's the problem. You, at some point, you will concede. I think Casemiro, he needs to be benched. A few, there, there are a few players in that Man United team that have not been performing for. And they, they've been given a chance, right? For multiple games. 
fucking bench Onana, bench Casimiro and have you have a player, Amrabat, who does exactly Casimiro's job. Give him a chance. Casimiro already proved himself. He already proved, he already won Champions League with Real Madrid. He has nothing to prove at fucking United. Amrabat has everything to prove. For him, this is the biggest team of his dream. He just, he's going to give you all the stuff that he has, right? Then third thing, bench fucking Rashford. He sucks. Oh, Rashford he needs a few games of not playing. All these players, it's normal, right? I, if Amrabat sucked, if any player I like sucked, he needs to be benched so that he realizes that he needs to do better. That's fine. It happens, right? You, you, sometimes you have off months and you shouldn't play because when you play, you just expose him to the ridicule. You just expose him to making more mistakes. It's a mental game as we've talked about. And you can see that when they subbed in even Anthony. When Anthony came in, Garnacho came in, it looked so much better. Garnacho should be starter. And Anthony, as sucky as we think he is, he made the team look better. Because, yeah, you, when you see when managers are too stubborn or they're too attached to the way that they think or too attached to certain players, that could end up really hurting them. Mm -hmm. And I actually feel like Cas he has more of an attachment to play Rashford than he does with Casemiro. Yeah, for because sure. Casemiro, at least he subbed him he off. He subbed him right away. Uh, right because away. he wasn't performing, right? Rashford never. When when was the last time he put he subbed Rashford off because he wasn't performing well enough? Yeah, it took him, I don't know, 60 minutes to sub Rashford or something like that. That. Yeah, if if exactly when he subbed Casemiro, he should have also subbed Rashford at that time. I don't coming. think he should play him. Just switch it up a little bit, play a different team. And why did he not start Garnacho? I don't know. Everyone tells him you should start the guy. I don't know. At least for a couple games, just to have the competition between Rashford and Garnacho, because clearly Rashford and he is a lot more energy. Garnacho has a lot more energy. He yeah, runs a lot exactly. more. He yeah, tracks yeah, back yeah. a lot more. He's better off the ball. Uh, Rashford. I, th I think he has a serious attitude problem mm -hmm. because also they they extended his contract. They gave him a new contract where he's really paid a lot of money and, and all this stuff. And a lot of fans think that that but seems to have got see, to his head. Exactly. But you see, this is now I agree with what Zlatan said. Zlatan said that ETH is used to handling talented players in Ajax, but he's not used to handling stars. And mm -hmm. that's why he's, he failed. At handling all these stars, his problems with Ronaldo and his problems with Sancho, uh, and then his problems with Rashford not mentioning him, even Maguire. Everyone told him, dude, just fucking play Maguire in defense instead of putting Amrabat in left back and putting him in that position. And he didn't listen, right? He just started now playing Maguire. Uh, he had to wait until Amrabat fucks up because he obviously does not have the reflexes of a, a, a regular or usual left back. And that's what happened in the in the game against Galatasaray for him to actually change the, his tactics. But don't you also think that it's a sign of a good man? You need to make players better you mm -hmm, need to improve mm -hmm. their level it seems like player after player just get worse under ten hag the player that well, the onana that you see here at united does the, not compare to the. Not, that's not true because last year he made them look much better like rashford was amazing last year and before that year rashford, he but i'm sorry because before some of the players that really helped united pull through to get to third in the league and go to champions league and win the cup uh is not because of Ten Hag's effect on individual players. Rashford is only the slight exception because Casemiro. Well, it mattered a lot, no? Well, yeah, but Fernandez. I'm sorry, he wasn't that. I'm he, sorry, you're not gonna make Casemiro better. Casemiro is already at the top level. Yeah, right? he's and younger. But the, but the young players. Look at the young players that they signed. I don't think any of them. Anthony, are you yeah. serious? All, all the players that he wanted, right? That's why I th I do think that 
I don't want to see the same uh, issue with Amrabat, with Amrabat looking poorer, because he looks great with Morocco. He looks great with in, even with Fiorentina. So I don't want him to come to uh, Manchester United and just look like shit. <laughs> it might be inevitable at this point. Yeah, because as you said, Anthony looks horrible. A lot of the, the players that they have don't look great. I don't know. I uh, I think they sh- th- their main problem, and we've said this before, is offensively they're really not good. They don't know how to find solutions. They just cross... Randy Bruno was horrible in the first half. So bad. So bad. He just sucks as a winger. I think he's horrible, horrible. Anyways, it took him a while for him to make all those changes. I do think that it's partly ETA's fault as well. He needs to figure shit out. They should give him a chance. You can't they just have blame. to. They yeah. don't have any other option. Nobody, yeah, and don't do the Chelsea thing where you keep firing coaches and nothing changes. And also, you can't blame the Glazers here. You need to figure, figure your shit out on the pitch. Ten Hag needs to decide where to play his players because he hasn't figured that out. Because he's dealing with injuries in the back, he needs to have a plan B, C or whatever it is, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. He needs to have a good plan that is solid enough that he doesn't have to change his mind all the time and play players out of position constantly. And he needs to figure out... he plays players out of position constantly. And he needs to figure out a good identity for the team because like everyone says... We don't really know how United play. It just seems like they come in every time just trying to throw everything they have at the wall uh, in the attacking final third and seeing if something is going to stick, seeing if a player is going to be at the right place at the right time by chance, like by luck, or the other team's going to make a mistake and you're going to capitalize on yeah. it. That doesn't work. That's not going to work in your favor constantly, right? Like that's not. Which is how they won um, Wolves. They barely won Burnley just because they were lucky. Uh, and also this game, McTominay helped them. They hit it. Yeah, yeah, they hate it on McTominay for every single game. Oh, McTominay is playing, which is which is true. Well, it's because he plays in midfield. And yeah, when he plays there. in midfield, he barely touches the ball, and people are annoyed. So now it just happens that he scores two last-minute goals that changes everything. But all these wins are like not convincing. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so. Maybe this is a good segue to talk about uh, Champions League and their performance in Champions League. United lose against Galatasaray in the middle of the week. Uh, 2-3. Uh, Galatasaray win their first ever match in England, oh, which I'm actually surprised. I, I actually had the impression that, you know, they have some sort of a record in England, but I guess not. Ten, Ten Hag got this all wrong, and he fixed some of the things in, in this game that they won against uh, Brentford. Maguire didn't play in that game, right? No, he did not. Yeah. Amrabat was still playing left back, right? Yeah. But And Fernandez was still on the right wing. Yeah, okay, so, so so those people, and th- th- it seemed like their playbook in this game and the game before is just to score and then concede within the next five minutes. Score, mm-hmm, concede, score, mm-hmm, concede, score, mm-hmm. concede. The only real bright spot that I saw in this game was Hoyland. Yeah, Hoyland's yeah. pace was really lacking from United. Rashford brought a little bit to that as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm glad he had two goals, especially in the Champions League. Onana's mistakes in this yeah. game as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we can make the joke now that he's gonna have to speak to the media after every single game. Yeah. Because. But that you can't blame. You can't blame Ten Hag, right? You that can blame, no, no, yes. You can blame. Individual, you can blame yes, him yes, for yes, Onana's performance, but maybe you can blame him for letting the Gia go for wanting so badly to get a new, uh, a, a new like a new goalkeeper. You didn't need to get a new goalkeeper. But to be fair, he wasn't the only one hating on the Gia for a few, like not even that many mistakes. I, I think if you sum up all the mistakes that the Gia made last year. He made fewer mistakes than Onana. To be honest, maybe you're right. I think the decision to replace De Gea was not just Ten Hag. I don't think. No, no. I remember. I remember. Everyone wanted to replace De Gea because he made a few mistakes in crucial games. 
Everyone was so pissed at him. I remember the Sevilla game, right? The Sevilla game is a great example. Fucking De Gea gave the ball to Inesiri and Inesiri scored. You probably it. felt pressure, but now it's too late, right? It's too embarrassing. You can't just now go and try to replace Onana. And I think there's a lot of pride there as well, right? You, there was all That's this, probably why he, they didn't bench him. Right, there's what? all this kerfuffle about getting Onana, now you're yeah. going to bench him? You well, should, probably, you know. but I think it's, it's a stupid pride game. That's what they're doing. There's just so... Individually, a lot of the things repeated itself in this game because Casemiro didn't have a good game. Rashford makes mistakes. The, he, his decision-making is really terrible. Like, when he should have passed to Fernandes, who basically, he only had the goalie to take on. If mm-hmm. he, he has to get through the goalie and just score. He, no. In the, usually, he's pretty selfish, so he should have scored, right? But no. In that scenario... He decided that even though he has only the goalie to take on, but Fernandez has two defenders around him, he wants to go and pass to Fernandez, yeah. who obviously doesn't score because there were two defenders mm. there. Uh, Amrabat, yeah, made some mistakes, but he's not to blame because not, he's playing out of position. position. Yeah, so the, so the first goal or one of the goals, it's clearly his mistake because he doesn't have the reflex to the one where he jumps and he can't get the ball and yeah. then it's too yeah, late yeah. for him. And then the finishing from Galatasaray was really, really good. This, the, the second one where he crosses it, he doesn't have a choice. There was a, mis- a bit of a misplaced pass, but yeah. But he, th- there's no choice. Like, if you look at it, and I replayed it, he can't pass to Onana back. He can't pass to the other guy on the right side. And so he just has to clear it. The problem, he clears it, and he doesn't come back to come back soon enough so that the other player is yeah. offside. So I don't blame him that much for the second goal or for the, the, the second goal that he is at fault for, but I blame him more for the first one. But then again, he's not in his position. Yeah, and it was his, like, it was his first start, full, proper start, right? Or no, was it the game before? before? Okay, yeah. so second proper start, so it's fine. I just feel like he's a bit lost. I think that's my thing. He's really lost in the, in the field, in the pitch, and he's going back and forth in so many places, and Ten Hag has to use him a little bit better. He, he had a better game yesterday, uh, but overall, I think it's he's he's clearly not the problem at as Manu. Offensively, they suck. But then again, what are you gonna do? But you know, you never know. The United still has a chance to get through this group. So mm-hmm. things are they, yeah. they they've only played two out of six games. Galatasaray is not a great team. Yeah, exactly. Especially without Ziyech, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, she has constantly in, injured, but it's really not a great team. And you can't rely on Icardi to score, anyways. <laughs> Let's talk about Newcastle PSG really quick. So 4-1. Uh, I'm so happy for Newcastle. <laughs> they absolutely Why? deserved that one. You wanted PSG to be to win? Yeah. Uh, just stupid Hakimi. I All the Newcastle players played well. They took advantage of all their chances. I believe they had uh, 27% possession or something. Like PSG had 73% possession. It's the... Uh- the Spanish way, right? So Newcastle, basically, from what I rem- from what I remember, they perfectly exploited PSG's flaws. They pressed so well. Newcastle's press is really great. They suffocated PSG. Um, I think the midfield was really great. Longstaff, Grimaris, and Tonali, and the back four, of course. Uh, when PSG attack, they leave a lot of holes, right? Because mm-hmm. Hakimi and Hernandez like to play really high up. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. leave a lot and. This game just reminds you again of how PSG can be like a bunch of individual players who don't really know how to communicate with each other that well. And Luis Enrique also make technical errors. He played a 4-2-4, which doesn't make sense, right? Because when you play a 4-2-4 with a team that presses so much with just two people in midfield, you're going to struggle. And even though he had 73% of possession, 
he couldn't do much without possession because the, 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 I think the formation just, just didn't it's, work as it's, well. Honestly, I just think it's a team in, in development. It's a team in construction. I think you, we need to give Luis Enrique a bit of time. He has really talented players, in my opinion. They could be a fantastic team. It's, not, it's still not done for them. In the um, like, I, I I would rather have this situation where PSG is not amazing in the, the in the French league, where they're not by they're not first, and they're even not amazing in the Champions League. But you can tell that they're slowly trying to construct. Not in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Not it's from fine. this game. It's fine. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah but, but you can tell that they're that they're that he's working on something, right? But, you, but, 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 but before it used to be just PSG with these amazing stars who would save them last minute and you would think that PSG is doing well. No, they were shit. But now it's the reality of what you have. I think Enrique is a lot more able yeah, to yeah, try to yeah. build something for PSG. I mean, you, we, let's, let's agree. They have really good players. Overall, they have really not bad players. I agree, but they re- if anything, I'm going to pick out... If I'm going to pick out any one thing from PSG's loss against Newcastle, I'm going to pick Mbappe. Because yeah. they were playing with ten men, basically. Because yeah, he, 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 he didn't do he didn't do anything. Because at some point, you're not that valuable that we're just gonna let you do whatever the fuck you want. He hasn't been amazing, maybe since the World Cup, right? I haven't seen the amazing Mbappe that just comes and like you can rely on him to be a game changer, right? And, and the train, that Madrid train or the Champions League train is basically just like going away. You, he's you might not be, yeah, yeah you might not be able to ride it anymore. That's it. you got to figure something out. Like you're not. You're definitely not Messi and not Ronaldo. Messi and Ronaldo achieved so much. You, I think maybe you think you, maybe he picked too early, right? Or he, think, he thinks he's amazing and no, dude, you haven't done anything. When I compare you to Messi and Ronaldo, you're nothing, right? Because it, it really shows that, you know, it's kind of, his attitude, it kind of reminds me of Rashford, but worse. Yeah. Because, so not only does he, he had one shot, I think, the whole game. And it was in the second half, like way later. So I think a lot of French people will, will, will speak to this as well because the way his piece plays in the French team is also he's the star, right? Yeah, it's ba- horrible. Basically, yeah. Deschamps mm-hmm. gives him all free reigns to do whatever he wants yeah, and he yeah. even specifically tells him, do not defend. I don't need you to run back. I don't need you to run anything. Yeah. You, your job is just to score and just create chances. And so he's used to having, and he's the same thing at PSG. He's the star. He's the center of attention. It's all about him. And I saw it so clearly. So obviously, first PSG goal, Marquis makes a horrible pass that's you know whatever but long staffs i think it was the third goal mm-hmm. mbappe does not even track trippier at yeah. all and trippier gives the assist it was so easy trippier Trippi had so him good. in the in the in his back pocket but mbappe did nothing mm-hmm. did nothing to even bother honestly and you could see his face i think that's a lot of what the french newspapers and people were covering about mbappe as well the look on his face the kind of disinterest just yeah. fed up like horrible if horrible I, honestly, attitude if i were if i were luis enrique i'd just bench him it's terrible. You yeah. can't have a player on the pitch yeah. like that. Bench him. He's, he's not to Messi's level. You just bench him. Like, he's not a... Messi at 24, there's no way he would do, no, he he would do, uh, this. do this. No, no fucking way. There's o- the only... And the thing is, though, like, Messi only... He was destroying everyone at 24. <sighs> Messi only started doing this, like, not really running, walking around since... What, he, he got to PSG, he, maybe? Got, yeah, in, in... Maybe Barcelona, Barcelona? Yeah, he was not tracking. He was not doing that. But I think even in the 2018-2019 season, he was still very active. He was running... All, yeah, like, the, yeah. the two years, maybe, before he went to PSG, it was still very much... He was very involved involved constantly and he also had really strong people around him or stronger maybe you know less strong. he should just bench him he should honestly his record does not is not amazing for him not to bench him so Luis Enrique just because even when they won um what did they win 4-0 whatever it is Marseille? against Marseille 
It wasn't Mbappe. It was Hakimi. It was the other Ugarte. It was all of the team that looked much better. So I don't think he's adding anything to the team right as of as of now. He I, don't, I haven't seen any. At least last year he was kind of amazing. But the fact that they lost Neymar and Messi it just made the team look so much better in my opinion. PSG. I so agree. I just think all these fucking coaches need to take some strong like good decisions because. Ronaldo, like, I haven't seen any player like Ronaldo and Messi. Let's just be honest. I mean, I even sent you that tweet today, right? Yeah, Did you see yeah, it? It was yeah. like someone had said, you know, since Messi haven't, hasn't been playing for Barcelona, was at his peak, like, the entire football watching experience has just dropped by, yeah, like, for sure. 20, yeah. 30%, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't see players like that in their prime. And the level of any team right now just doesn't compare to peak Messi at Barcelona, right? Yeah. Um, That's why you, you, you're like, okay with Messi being slow and like, okay, well, fuck that. He just wants so many things. He's amazing. He, So I'm like, okay, like, it's fine. But Mbappe, no, dude, you haven't won a Champions League. I don't understand. You haven't won a Premier League. You haven't won so many things. Just Liga. Just to quickly touch on some other games, obviously, Bellingham is so good. What else is new? I mean, I don't have much to say about Bellingham anymore. They won 4-0 this weekend, and they also beat Napoli 2-3. They came back. You see, all these big teams are conceding a lot of goals. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. You just need exactly. to win. Exactly. You that's, need to score that's goals why, and That's win. why I want like West Ham fans to shut the fuck up. Everyone concedes. Yeah. You, can't be in, you can't be that strong. City conceded against Leipzig. Everyone concedes. Comes back, right? So uh, I think Madrid does have that you know, special quality, as well as Barcelona could be playing, they're going to struggle against Madrid. Because the thing is, is that Madrid has people like Jude, Kroos, mm. Verde, who can score from really far out. Especially especially Tony Kroos and Valverde. Right, exactly. Those midfield goals can save you, even of though you're course, not playing yeah, well. Yeah. Right, like Rodri did that in the final for yeah, City. of so, course. So, Kroos Bar- is amazing at that. Barcelona doesn't really have that as, as much. No. Kroos and Valverde, they did it in the past, like in the years before, where they saved Madrid just because they were able to shoot from far and... Be- be able to be really precise. And, and now they have Jude Bellingham, who's exactly basically the signing of the year. And congratulations to Chelsea, who win two games in a row uh, against Fulham and Burnley. But, you know, but I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But those teams, especially Fulham in the first... So terrible. Yeah. They're so bad. You thought Arsenal... Even last year was not good for them. Arsenal, City, yeah, level drop. But when you watch a team like Fulham play and Burnley too, it's just they couldn't oh, even God, string Burnley. more than a few passes yeah. together. I'm sorry. Chelsea, yes, you should. We would be really concerned if they lost these games. But the fact that they won these two games, all I can say is that they're not going to get relegated. Yeah. That's the the only conclusion. I mean, Luton, how could they get relegated? For you to get relegated, you need to have a team that's, that's... There's no team that's worse than you. And that's not the case. Luton... And Burnley and Sheffield, maybe they don't. They just don't belong in the Premier League. I think most of them are. At least two out of the three will be, you know, relegated. Yeah, again, it's so. Burnley is not a great team to watch. Uh, I think they have a, like a bit of talent. They have something there, but I think company still needs a lot of work. And Luton yep. is just not to that level. Yep. And uh, I guess a little, another Liverpool Brighton. Brighton draws again. Uh, Brighton's level has gone down a bit yeah. I, I think they dominate yeah. the first 30 minutes or so mm-hmm. but then it really changed where Liverpool scored Liverpool has an imbalance in their team I think the right hand side with Salah is just so much more threatening than the other side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sabazlai and Robertson and Diaz maybe I don't know and to think that they wanted to sell Salah to Etihad which was the yeah. stupidest decision ever it's just that you cannot the only player that's left from that trio 
Salah, Mane, uh, Firmino is that's how it makes you think how crazy the trio was, right? Yeah, really. Like they, you can't see that quality anymore. They were amazing. And now it's just Salah, some guy who's like over 30 and he's still doing all this stuff. It is, it's true. It's like taking Rodri out of City, taking Salah out of Liverpool, right? Like you can't. If anything, I think more for Liverpool, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because as good as their, for sure, mid- I agree. It, it, as good as their midfield can be without the front three performing, I don't know where Liverpool's goals are going to come from. Who else is scoring goals? Yeah. I mean, it's Nunes yeah. and Diaz and Salah, right? Yeah, but you can't rely on them. I don't yeah. think you can. Anyway. Okay, so last piece of business. The Ooh. World Cup? Yeah. 2030. It's, Do you uh, want to announce who's going to be hosting? Morocco. Well, I was excited this week. It's it's uh, It came as a surprise to everyone because we did not expect them to announce it. I think they were supposed to announce it in 2024 or something like that. Mm. So we've announced on Wednesday that the 2030 Men's World Cup will be hosted by six countries in three different continents. Spain, Portugal, and Morocco will co-host the tournament, while Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina will all stage an opening match each to mark 100 years since the first World Cup was staged. First World Cup was in 1930 and was hosted by Uruguay. So to, to make this clear, they won't host the opening, but they will host the first game of their country, right? So Morocco finally succeeds in its sixth attempt to host the World Cup. How embarrassing. <laughs> and I feel like maybe they also gave Morocco the World Cup because they because of what they did in the most recent World Cup and also what happened in the earthquake. How, and all b- that. how big of a factor is that? The performance in the World Cup. Or, or maybe they felt bad for them for the earthquake. I have no okay, idea. Okay, that's what I said. Right. To be clear, there were three bids. Morocco, Spain, Portugal, Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina, and Egypt, Greece, Saudi Arabia. Uh, and we mentioned this a while ago, but uh, Saudi Arabia abandoned this bid a long time ago. So I want to just explain at least what I think about why they announced early. So the first thing is that I feel like this is a bit of a ploy because Saudi Arabia just agreed to let Morocco have this one if you let me have 2034 and you tell Africa to vote for me, kind of. So Morocco just won the 2025 AFCON uh, last week. So now they're going to host, they won the bid to host the 2025 AFCON and the CAF president said clearly that all of Africa's votes would go to, to the Moroccan bid for the World Cup. Uh, and the, the, the usual vote is done under exhaustive ballot system in the FIFA Congress. So different from how it used to be done before, which is the committee, now or the council now it's all of the congress that votes so the fifa congress composed of 209 members one from each football association and the caf has 54 members already right and the uefa has 55 so if spain and portugal manage to convince europe to vote for them and if africa and morocco manage to, to, to convince africa to vote for them then that's it right so is it kind of like uh before it was electoral votes now they're going to popular vote yeah kind of but it was yeah a little bit it was right. like a smaller exactly yeah. yeah a little bit the common the common ball i don't even know how to pronounce it only has 10 or 11 votes so that's what made FIFA decide early because they knew that everyone was going to vote for or the majority of the vote were going to go to Spain, Portugal, and Morocco. And I do think that it is this, this Saudi Arabia ploy is, is really true. That's why Saudi Arabia like abandoned because they're like, okay, we're not going to get the Europeans to vote for us because nobody's going to vote for Greece, right? Egypt is not going to get Africa to vote for them because they're going to go for Morocco. So we're just going to be fine. Can you please explain this trio? Which one? Egypt, yeah, Greece, it's just and a, Saudi Arabia. it's such a weird trio. I don't even know why they they've started it. I think Greece joined, so I, I feel like Saudi Arabia needs the European team, an European country. I'm sorry that to get the European votes, and they need the country poor enough to need them. So but they log- promised, but them- logistically, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, logistically, it will be a right a nightmare. It's not like Morocco 
Portugal, Spain. I mean, that makes so, sense. It means but, uh, this is like absolute sense. Absolute like chaos. These are Egypt and Saudi Arabia are big countries, yeah, right? Yeah. So to so have to be able to traverse like all these and then go to Greece, maybe like who knows where they maybe they're I think Greece probably will host the least amount because it's the smallest countries. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's my guess. I have no idea. But, but they don't have the means, right? Like uh, Egypt is a shit show, right? Economically. Yeah, Egypt doesn't make sense to me either because Egypt is so relatively unstable right now. And it's really they they have like the economic situation in Egypt is horrible, right. right? Greece is also not a great economic situation. So Saudi Arabia can just organize it alone. I think they just call these 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 countries because they want Africa's vote and Europe's vote. And then they realize they were not getting it. So they're like, okay, fuck this. Then I'm just going to abandon it. And also they realize that they're not just going to, FIFA is not going to give them the World Cup again right after giving it to Qatar. So it doesn't really make sense. So I feel like they're probably going to get the 2024, uh, but we'll see. I'm also fine to give Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina their first games in their countries, but I don't understand why they all have to qualify, right? Especially Paraguay. Like, it's literally diluting a cup that's already diluted. There's 48 teams and 104 games now. That's massive, right? Like, I don't understand. If you lost, you lost. And shut the fuck up, right? Like, Morocco lost six times or four, four, five times. You don't have the vote, so you shouldn't get a consolation prize because this is the hundredth but, but year. What what leverage do, does Paraguay have I to have be able no to be idea. able to I just feel this. like I just feel like it's a bunch of uh, Infantino trying to ha- be buddy buddy with like a bunch of people. He doesn't want to upset to, anyone. Yeah, he doesn't want to upset anyone. But, He's but just see, trying to do favors. To uh, I don't get the. This the is the problem. Games. Then I mean, even Argentina, I'm a bit like, wh- why? But, wait, the, the problem is Argentina now. They're trying to, they said that they wanted to host more games, which is fucked, right? So, okay, so let me talk about the game specifically. So, three games are going to go to these three countries, and then the rest is 101 games uh, that where Morocco, Spain, and Portugal have to fight over them, right? So, just to be clear, Portugal is going to play a much um, lower role in, the, in all this stuff, right? It's mainly Morocco and Spain, and first is Spain. So, in a report by, ES- by ESPN, Spain's sport minister expressed his expectation that the final would take place in Spain. And Spanish media has been saying, Bernabe, you know how Spanish media function? It's just ridiculous. They just start spitting out fake news to make them real. I feel like they do this all the time, Marca. I don't even think it's like actual news, but it's fine. And then the head of the Moroccan Football Federation said the national radio that he's hoping the final will be in Casablanca. So it's just constant fighting now to decide how it's going to go. And Morocco does not have leverage anymore. Because all the leverage that Morocco had before, and that's why... Spain and Portugal want Morocco to join is because Morocco has Africa and has the Arab countries. So has a bit of Asia. And I think the audacity of Argentina wanting to host more games is absurd to me. Don't you think? Like, dude, you don't have the vote, the, the vote. So shut the fuck up. Do you up think Messi is playing any role in this? I have no idea. You already won your World Cup. Everyone wanted you to win in 2022. That's it. Come on, just give sorry, other people a chance. They, they need to stop this. Yeah. The World Cup is not the Argentina Cup. Exactly. So why, just, why, why is this like... It really doesn't make sense. If you're already getting a reward of losing the bid, right, to play the first game, why are you going to go even... It's like... What is the expression? You give give an inch, you get a mile. You give them an inch, they take a mile, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it, that's it, the expression. It, it, it's that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah, because I just feel like th- it's less and less and less and less justified. Yeah, exactly. And you shouldn't. I, I don't understand. Give just Uruguay the opening game. I'm fine with that. I just don't Uruguay. think anyone would have a problem with that because a hundred years, yeah, it's a big deal. Just it's Uruguay. fine. Just, just that's okay. And even if Uruguay wants to just automatically qualify, that's okay. They start. They hosted the first World Cup. It's a big deal. Argentina, 
Mm, yeah, I still don't get it. Uh, yeah, they won it last time. Yeah, it's a big thing in their country. So what? Everyone needs to Brazil. everyone kind of, needs to qualify. Paraguay even Paraguay just makes absolutely zero sense. I think someone mentioned that it's because partially maybe that some headquarters there in their you yeah know, common uh, common ball headquarters. Yeah, exactly. But so what the so what the it's, fuck? It's, no, it's really ridiculous. Like. Morocco, Spain, Portugal, I have never seen a, a bit that makes so much sense. Like when it comes to three countries. Yes, it, it's it's even better than the US, North, North, oh, Canada, no. because makes, it's so much closer. It's, it's so close. I don't and think the people realize. And the countries are smaller. Yeah, the, 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 the weather is really nice. Like a lot of factors go in your favor. But anyways, so the three hosts... Also, you know, same time zone. And also in the middle, so convenient for everyone to travel there. It's fantastic. So the three host countries now plan to meet in Rabat on October 18th to discuss the schedule and split. So Spain probably going to have the highest number of games, then Morocco, then Portugal. Moroccan media has been saying that the Morocco is going to get at least 31 games with six stadiums. So just to be clear, Morocco still has a lot of stadiums that are in the in the in the bid that have not built them yet so they want to host in this massive stadium in casablanca they have not built this massive stadium in casablanca so i didn't know that to be able to host the final you need a stadium that has at least eighty thousand seats so portugal does not have such a stadium right but spain obviously they're amazing i don't think i would be against holding the 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 final in bernabeu they have done that in the past and it's an amazing stadium right now the best in the world and Camp Nou also wants to do it. They're probably going to have 90,000 or 99,000 seats in the Camp Nou. So it's it's a little bit tricky. Portugal only has three venues. All of them have a capacity lower than 65,000. But the rest of, of the stadiums are to be determined. Uh, also, what's fucked is according to the, the Athletic. That's why I think this whole FIFA thing is a bunch of you do me a favor, I do you a favor. According to, to the Athletic, sources with knowledge of institutional relationships at, a, at the highest level... Uh, who declined to be named, apparently, to protect relationships. Um, They said on Friday that Madrid's president, Fiorentino Perez's closeness to Infantino would be a big factor in giving Spain, and specifically Madrid, the honor of hosting the final. That's probably why they're so confident about that Exactly, yeah. It's like, okay, if Camp Nou is amazing, then why shouldn't Camp Nou also have the chance to hold it? It's just all fucked. Like, it's all promiscuous, this FIFA thing. I mean, it's 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 corruption, and at least to put it mildly, it's relationships. It's you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think honestly, people aren't people aren't that surprised about FIFA's decisions anymore. I think at it's, this point, we're getting just, we're getting used so, to all these joint bids, and these joint bids are going to make less and less sense as time but goes it's, on. It's good to have a joint bid, right? Because to protect the environment, we don't want one country to organize everything. So that that makes a lot of sense, especially when you have forty eight teams. I disagree how with having 48 teams because now it's so easy to qualify. Even if you're in Africa, it's that easy to qualify, in my opinion. Yeah. I just think that it's fucked that Morocco... Like, look, I'm not going to defend Morocco, but in 2010, we were robbed. It's the reality. You can look at it. It's part of the allegations, why they gave it to South Africa. And then in 2000, uh, for this 2026, also Morocco lost to the United States just because Trump bullied everyone, right? They, Morocco got 64 votes or 70 votes versus 130. And obviously, Trump bullied everyone. So this whole process is horrible because every time there is someone trying to bully the other one or give me a favor. And now when it's very clear that Morocco has to win it with Spain and all of that, there's not even a vote. Why don't you do the vote right now? Right. Like how did I still don't understand how they just announced we're giving it to you. Why don't you do a vote right now? There's not a lot of transparency, to be honest. Shouldn't they? Shouldn't they? 
publish a lot of the stuff that they, that goes on internally. Like, if so you're... you know the vote. So it's, for, for instance, twenty twenty six, we know who voted for. for oh, okay. So yeah. that's that yeah, information that we is know. released. I, there is, this, it's, it's just this time they didn't even go through a vote, right? Yeah, they I, I the think bid. they should just go through a vote, right? It may, I mean, and, and and also one one other thing: why does the FIFA get to decide if we give uh, an honorary? Uh, game to Uruguay. I feel like Morocco should decide, Spain should decide, and Portugal because they're the winners, right? If you're the winner and you want a fair and square, then why would they take three games from you and give it to the other one? Yeah, they shouldn't be deciding that. Or at least decide together. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't right. want it. Did we tell Qatar that we're gonna take one of your games and give it to someone else? I don't get that. Like it's just this whole process is so fucked, and there's so much money there that it's just I don't know, man. I. And, and the other, the last thing that I wanted to mention is that the government in Spain is dealing with this stuff because their FA is in shambles. Is the mm. Spanish government negotiating, doing everything? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, this is, this is not not a good look. But who else is surprised? I'll, at the end of the day, I'm just wondering. Who the heck invited Argentina and Paraguay to the party? Because especially Paraguay, it, it just doesn't make zero like, sense. Argentina is going to qualify probably, but especially Paraguay. I'm so sorry. I read that like 104 games is way too much. It's way 48 teams is really. A I lot. mean, as much as we all want want to watch more good football, more football, like we're going to be overwhelmed as yeah, viewers and too. I don't like. I want qualifying to the World Cup to be a big deal. Oh, of course. With. And the quality is going to go down from the games and the level as well. It's diluted it was, in the sense that like players are going to be more tired. They're going to be playing more games. They're traveling more. Yeah. And so the quality is going to go down and we're going to watch teams that are not playing to their potential. Yeah, yeah. How is that a good thing? Yeah. I mean, anyway, there's nothing we can say that will change anything. We can, you know, complain, bitch about and, it. complain and bitch about this all we want. But FIFA is just going to do what FIFA wants to do. And there's no stopping them. Infantino gets so much hate. And yet... He is still like, so. Oh, no, no, no! It's union. It's six. Con- it's what is it? Three continents. Whatever it is, six countries. It shows how beautiful our game is. Blah blah blah. And I am. Okay, you know African. what? You know, you know what? I am. You, you know what? If you want to, if you want to solve all these problems, why don't you do a, ho- a joint bid between like Ukraine and Russia, or like Israel and Palestine? Then you show how much of a peacemaker you are. Because right now, this is fooling nobody. This doesn't do anything. Like, how are you bringing the world together? It's not. It's not. It's full of shit. If anything, it makes people more like. Look at the people from South America, from other countries who are so upset that Paraguay and Argentina just automatically qualify. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I that makes fair. people more upset. I think that's extremely fair. The World Cup is just going to be, unfortunately, le- slightly less of a big deal than it used to be, which is really sad because so many, so many of us grew up with the World Cup being this beacon of yeah, things. Really something qualifying that we, in Africa yeah, is such a big deal. Something, it's so hard to Something qualify. that we look forward to as kids, like every four years, like you wait for it because it's such a huge deal. Even people who have never watched football in their lives, and I don't think that's going to be the case anymore because it's so watered down and the quality is not as good as it used to be and the corruption and all of that uh so yeah but it's really sad i'm so excited that morocco spain and portugal will be hosting in 2030 uh but it is in seven Uh, years so and to be fair spain deserves it they have amazing stadiums they have obviously la liga they have amazing football culture so it's not i couldn't think of another better team i honestly i don't think any any people have problem with these three countries hosting it it's just the idea of you know Argentina and Paraguay and also the other things that come around that go along with the whole thing and then with Saudi Arabia 2034 there's just a lot of problems and it doesn't seem like anything is getting better but on that note (laughs) we hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from and we'll see you in the next one bye